Are you sending direct mail? Is your phone ringing off the hook with motivated seller calls? If it's not, it's probably because you're not marketing. One of my favorite ways to reach motivated sellers is by using direct mail. And the reason is, is I can target those who may have recently got a divorce or who have inherited a property from a death um, and so on and so forth. I can also target high equity. I can target absentee owners. And it is a tried and true way to get your message out. And more importantly than that, to get your phone ringing. I want you guys to go to dpipodcast.com forward slash direct mail so you can see the exact mail provider that I use. I want to share them with you. They do letters and postcards. Letters as low as 59 cents and postcards as low as 39 cents. Mike and I send hundreds, if not thousands of postcards and letters to motivated sellers in our market every single week. Reason is, is because it works and we are going to continue to send direct mail because it works. So if you're not using a mail provider already, we want to share with you the company that we use. And they will hook you guys up with special pricing. Mention David Dodge or Mike Slane when you contact them. Go to dpipodcast.com forward slash direct mail to get more information. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, please visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy and you get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth. Hey guys, welcome back. This is the Discount Property Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Slane, with co-host... David Dodge. How you guys doing? I'm doing good, Dave. I'm doing good, man. How about yourself? I'm good, man. I'm doing great. Awesome. So we uh, frequently talk about wholesaling real estate. It's one of the things we are passionate about is teaching other people how to get started in real estate investing because it's been such a powerful um, tool in both of our worlds. Uh, It's kind of changed the direction we've taken our lives and we get to do this full time. We get to hang out and play in real estate and help other people uh, follow their their vision, their life path to to investing in real estate. Uh, One of the things we put together was a free course, completely free course called freewholesalecourse.com. Again, that's freewholesalecourse.com. You can check that out online. It's a totally free course that uh, shows people how to get started in wholesaling. So what is wholesaling? Wholesaling is essentially buying a property at a great price, flipping it to someone else for a good price without doing any work to it, possibly without closing it and funding it. So again, and then you make the spread in the middle. So again, you can purchase a property, resell the property, don't do any work, don't bring any money to closing, make a little spread in the middle. Game changer. Uh, This is also the way that we recommend people get started investing in 
uh, real estate? Yes, Why is that for Dave? several reasons, Why? guys. One, you want to learn how to talk to people and walk through properties and determine repairs and run appointments and wholesaling. There's no better way to learn how to do all these things. And with wholesaling, you are dealing direct to the seller. So you're getting the property from the source. You're not having to deal with middlemen like agents um, and other wholesalers. However, those are great ways to acquire rentals. Uh, but being able to get straight to the, to the source is going to give you the cheapest and most cost-effective way to acquire properties. Yeah, well, it's just it's a great learning tool. So again, if you've never been in real estate and your goal is to acquire rentals, that's a great goal. And we're going to talk about rentals. That's what this episode is going to be about is rentals. Mm -hmm. But if your goal is to acquire rentals and you start looking at houses that need a lot of work and you say, oh, that probably I could probably fix that up for $5,000. You know, and, and just out of the blue, you're just, you know, kind of guessing, you know, you're just guessing about it. Well, then you say, I'm going to try to wholesale this house first because I want to try to generate some cash first and, and learn this, this real estate game. Well, you bring in somebody else like Dave, who's an experienced investor and he rehabs properties to rent all the time. And he walks through and says, oh, no way, this is going to be $15,000. This electric panel has to be replaced. This stack has a crack in it. See here, we're going to have to replace this whole stack. I mean, just all sorts of things, or just maybe it costs more. You know, again, yeah, it's a little bit low. If you're going to pay someone else, you're going to you're going to spend fifteen thousand. So again, it's it's a tool in your belt. Helps you learn the process. Helps you learn your numbers. Uh, it's a great way to get started in real estate. So without further ado, let's go ahead and talk about what we're talking about today, Dave. Which is the Burr strategy, right? Ooh, we love the Burr strategy. The Burr strategy, and today we're going to talk about rental properties. That's right. So the renting out of the property, right? Mm -hmm. That's the whole topic. And uh, what does that entail? So again, to me, when I was kind of thinking like, how do we cover rentals? It was just overwhelming. I mean, there's so many things you can talk about from tenant screening to, uh, I mean, any number of things that, uh, that are going on with rentals to rent collection, to leases, to should I have a property manager? Should I manage them myself? Should I, um, you know, any, any number of things. Right. So first off, let's talk about um, keep it simple. That's what that's the message I want to make. Keep mm -hmm. it simple. So you've already talked a lot about these these little topics, and that's what we're going to do today. We're going to break down a simple one. Mm -hmm. So this one is about what rentals, rentals, renting your property of renting it. Mm -hmm. so okay. In the Burr strategy, we've got a rental, so we have to rent it out. So what do we do? So we've all, so we've already located the, the property. Mm -hmm. We've already renovated the property, mm -hmm. right? And now we're on rent. Mm -hmm. Just to clarify. Mm -hmm. Okay. Great. So in this process, we need to make sure that all of the previous steps have been completed. Obviously, you're gonna to have to buy the property at this point. But what I really mean though is, has the renovation been completely completed? And when I look at a renovation being completed, that means all of your tools are out, everything has been cleaned and prepped. So is the property showable? Okay, it's in my opinion, not completed with its renovation until you can walk people through it and they're not gonna be looking at tools or dirt or dust. Mm -hmm. All that stuff needs to be done. So get completely through the renovation project, then you can focus on renting it. Don't try to blur those lines. So, I think that's very important. And here's kind of a confusing point or point of contention for me anyways, just mentally. In St. Louis, we have to get occupancy inspections in almost all of our municipalities. So an occupancy inspection means the city wants to come in and look around the property to make sure it's safe and up to code, uh, whatever their codes are uh, for, for the property. So to me is, okay, I've got my property rehabbed, I've got it cleaned out, then I have to pass occupancy inspection prior to 
uh, getting a tenant in place. So where do you do that along that that uh, that timeline? Is kind of a you know which one's first? Should I have it cleaned first? Should I have it um, my property manager go over there and start trying to rent it first? All that stuff. No, clean it first. <laughs> <laughs> I meant I meant should I should I get it cleaned or have the uh, right. the uh, occupancy inspection? So the 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 truth of it is, do it all at once, kind of. I mean, you're going to schedule your clean once the time is of the essence. Exactly. Is I think Mike's point. So you know, ideally, you want to clean it last before you show it. But the occupancy inspection needs to come after the repairs. The cleaning, those can overlap. But you want to make sure that you get all these things done in a timely manner. Because if you stretch this process out to six or eight months, the burst strategy is worthless. It costs you money. And it costs you There's too much money. Costs right. You, you aren't so you want to make it quick. I didn't mean to interrupt, but yeah, time yeah, is of the essence. So this rental property, in the way I look at all of our projects, is also, they're vacant. So, I mean, I consider that a vacant property. Yeah, there's I mean, insurance, in there's taxes, there's, there's utilities, there's a ton of costs. Right, there's costs that you have to cover that a tenant is not covering. So anytime that you're rehabbing, if you the longer that takes, the more it costs you. So again, you've got to do all in your opportunity costs of not collecting rent rent on it when it's empty too. Yeah, tons well, of costs. I consider that a real cost. Right. Yeah, I, I mean too. that is a, that is it's a real a cost. cost. So, uh, yeah. So the point being, do those things kind of simultaneously. So once your rehab is nearing completion, make sure you're contacting the city or whoever needs to do that inspection. It may be your fire district, whatever. You may not even have occupancy inspections, so you can just completely skip over this step. But make sure you get your ducks in a row and get those things set up. So we get the occupancy inspection scheduled, and they almost always find something that needs to be repaired. Uh, sometimes it's minor, sometimes it's major here in St. Louis. So that can slow things down even more. So again, you absolutely need to get that going right away. Uh, when you're near that finish line, though, you've brought in uh, your cleaners. So you're bringing in an inspector to a clean house that you've just rehabbed. So again, hopefully they're going to take it easy on you because you've got a nice property there, which is huge. Uh, so then next step. So we've got uh, the property. So finish your renovation. We're going to recap. Finish your renovation. Get your occupancy inspection done. Mm -hmm. Clean the property. Mm -hmm. Then you can start showing it. If you want to show it, great. If you want to hire somebody to show it and do the leasing, that's another option, obviously. Um, and then you want to just start collecting applications. So the idea here is that you want to make the property look very appealing. So a lot of people will, will want your product and you'll get a lot of applications. All right. I would rather turn lots of people away than have to pick somebody that I don't want to rent to. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you had mentioned screening. Well, let's applications talk about, I think comes in before that and yeah and then screening yeah, let's talk about a couple things on that so let's talk about um, how, where do you advertise your property so you've got to find a tenant right so how do you find a tenant well two ways the, the easiest two ways for me are one put a sign in the yard super easy when people are driving by in the subdivision people generally speaking that are moving aren't moving um, all I mean, tenants aren't moving across the country all the time. It's usually somebody moving from one house to another, uh, or you know, not not too far. They're in the same city, so people driving through the neighborhood gonna see that sign and call on it. Hugely powerful, hugely overlooked tool. Uh, this is another reason why in our wholesale world we actually put we buy houses signs in all of our rehab projects. Mm -hmm. All of every project. All of every project, exactly, exactly. So the second one is online and using free tools out there, you can get your property rented. It's going to cost you nothing, which is awesome. Uh, so Zillow, hugely powerful. Hugely powerful. That is, in my opinion... Probably uh, the most powerful for rentals. 
Zillow. But then you have the Facebook Marketplace. Mm -hmm. You have local Facebook groups, mm -hmm. which could be an infinite number of them because uh, every market has different numbers and there's, you know, big groups and small groups. Craigslist, you can use that to rental, to, 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 um, to, uh, to, get, to yeah. advertise your rental property. Um, what, what are we missing? Those are the basically the big ones. I mean, Zillow I mean, is great because it syndicates. And you probably won't need more than that, honestly. If your, pri if your property <laughs> is priced appropriately, you should be able to get it rented on, those, on one of those sites or through one of those methods. So what do you set the rent at? Well, we just talked about Zillow, and Zillow, again, is very, very helpful. Uh, they've not only included rent estimates, or I'm sorry, the property estimates, but they've included rent estimates on there as well. So you can look for similar properties in that area to help you figure out how much you should be charging for rent. Another cool resource is called rentometer.com, rentometer.com, and that one does the exact same thing. You type in the property address, the bed and bath count, and it pops up uh, what it estimates the rent should be in that area for a similar property. Uh, other ways to determine it. Pretend you're a tenant. Estimate, did you say that? I the did. Rent so Zillow. Yep. Yeah. So pretend you're a, a prospective tenant and look for a house to rent around yours. So go to forrent.com, go great to all these other ones. Put yourself in someone else's shoes. See what the competition is charging mm -hmm. and see how your property stacks up. If you've got a newly renovated property and someone down the street has a very similar property, same, same property, you know, because it's the same builder probably or same construction type. Uh, and theirs has, is 20 years old or 10 years old, outdated everything, and they're charging 1200 well, you could probably charge 1400 for yours if you've got a brand new stainless fridge and new kitchen cabinets and new flooring and it looks nice, new paint. Again, you can probably charge a little bit more for your property. Uh, good job, man. Yep. Good job. <laughs> did, did Low power mode, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah, so again, you can probably charge a little bit more. So again, you've got to determine the rent, then get it advertised out there. Uh, then we're going to talk a little bit about, um, you know, tenant screening. So how do you do tenant screening, Dave? What did you do in your uh, past life? Tenant yeah, screening? so, you know, now we have a property manager that does this for us, but I was using um, mysmartmove.com. Nice. I was also using uh, cozy.co. Both yeah. of these platforms uh, do it. And now Zillow does it too. So they do all of these together, but they can collect your rent for you. They, you can download applications or use their application, which then gets sent to you in the rental manager uh, portals within each of these different things. Again, that's Cozy, that's Zillow, and another one is called My Smart Move. And I think they're through like either TransUnion or whatnot. Mm. And I like them as, uh, as well because you can you can pull credit, um, you can pull credit as well as um, financials. Uh, or, or criminal histories as well as credit and financials through my smart move. Um, I think Zillow and Cozy do it as well. Yeah, I used Cozy. Cozy okay. was good at that. It's um, good at it. But what I liked about my smart move, and again, these other two probably do it at this point. It's been it's been a long time since I've done it. But you can make the tenant pay the thirty five dollars for the application, mm -hmm. which covers the screening. Yep, so you don't have any cost uh, out of your own pocket other than just maybe an hour or two of your time to review. That's what Cozy did for me too. It's great. Yeah, I love awesome. that. So yeah. I actually, I kind of, when I was- And it kind of keeps information- uh, Private. Private, because you're only getting what you need. You're not getting all the other stuff. Mm -hmm. And then they pay for it, which verifies that it's them, which creates agreements with you and them. It's pretty neat yeah. how it works. Yeah, so Cozy, I, I really enjoyed using that. Uh, collected rent for you as well. 
which is nice. Uh, yeah, so again, it, it's very convenient when you use one of these services, super easy. Uh, you can collect rent payments online, so they can pay you online. They don't have to actually send you checks. Uh, and again, I think all three of those, and I'm sure there's others out there that are very helpful for that. So anyways, for the, the tenant screening, uh, you can use one of those online services. We Again, I recommend using it. Yeah, it's super, it, super, it's easy. super easy. No yeah. reason not to. Otherwise, um, you know, if you already have rentals and you're wanting to buy more and you're scaling up to the point where you need a property management software, a lot of those softwares will do those. So there's softwares that are localized softwares, like on your own individual computer, and there's cloud-based softwares. So mm -hmm. some of the big ones out there is Appfolio, Buildium. Uh, we were using one called Propertyware. Propertyware. Yep. Propertyware. And there's a there's probably a hundred of them out there. I think Appfolio and Buildium probably have the biggest market share. Uh, but there's a bunch of services out there. They're going to basically be a monthly cost. And through those, they should be able to do ACH rent collections, but also this tenant screening process on the front side. Yeah, now those they can collect the, the collect the security deposits and and uh, application fees is I guess what I was going for. But yeah. So those are probably if you're if you're thinking about managing your own on a on a much larger scale. Because I think Buildium and um, what was the Appfolio mm -hmm. both had approximately I think it was a hundred door minimum. Yeah, one of them might even to, be triple that. But yeah, yeah, before they wanted to take us on as a client. So again, that's something that is, in my opinion, probably less likely. But there's other softwares out there, like Dave said, that are kind of locally based on on your uh, system uh, and cloud ones that'll take you on with much many fewer properties. Uh, but again, I think CozyCo and what we talked about the. Uh, uh, what do you call it? My rent, my smart move, my smart move. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some of those are a really good kind of transitional. Yeah, type I think services. I found my smart move like probably three, four years ago by literally googling, googling, how do I do my own tenant screening? Yeah, nice. and it was like TransUnion's number one affiliate mm -hmm. site that they owned, and they were like, start here, and it was so easy. I literally was, it was like enter the name and email address of tenant. And then it had me check a couple boxes and then they got an email. So I just picked the phone and said, hey, check your email. And it was like, you know, David Dodge's company or, you know, available home buyers at the time is requesting, you know, you to be an applica applicant. So then you fill out the information, put in your credit card and then boom, like 20 minutes later, I had it all. So yeah, it's so awesome. easy. To so use. that's what I, I forgot. I lost my train of thought earlier was talking about with Cozy. What I used to do when I would set up. Uh, tenant screening. So I would always try to make more than one person come at the same time. I didn't like to meet when somebody called about the property and you know, chat with them. I'd say, okay, well, I'm showing people Saturday at 10 a.m. or whatever time it is. Yeah, create a sense and of I, urgency. Well, I also, I just don't want to drive over there 10 times. Yeah, that too. I only want to drive over there maybe But once. if you also get 10 people in there, think of it this way. If three, two or three of those people are very interested, they're going to go home and fill out the application right then and there versus wait a day or two and think about it. And there's five other people that they could be getting in that place. Exactly. So, and what's the application? So, what I was getting at was when I was using Cozy, is I would print off a little flyer with a picture of my property, a couple details, and then the URL link to their application. So, it was the Cozy URL, basically, with my property's you know extension or number behind it. So, they would go and fill out Cozy's application. I said, listen, you're not paying me. You're paying this third-party site to run your credit and whatever. So I only want serious people to apply. I don't want your money. Like, I'm not here to take your money. If you, whatever, uh, you know, have something in your past that's gonna come up, you know, let me know. And I'll let you know if you should apply or not and, you know, yada, yada. And again, you have to abide by fair housing and all that stuff and, uh, you know, that's not a big deal. So, 
Yeah, just just do that and you shouldn't have any problems. So, okay, so that's uh, tenant screening. How about tenant management and um, I guess payments? What else would we talk about with tenants? Well, rent collection. Yeah, rent management, maintenance. Yeah, so rent collection. Uh, I mean, my prefer, well, and, and leases. We didn't even talk about leases. Yeah, so once you get through the application process and either you or your or your property manager select somebody that would be a good fit. You have to lease them up. We have to lease them up. That's a good point. So with leasing, we typically won't sign a lease unless they have first month's rent and their security deposit. Not one or the other, both. And that's very important because sometimes people will want to put down a security deposit, but they don't want to move in for three weeks. Well, that's lost rent. So we basically say all or none. And the time, when you sign the lease, it starts right then and there. So we'll happily prorate days, but we won't sign a lease and say it starts next Tuesday. It's If you sign the lease today, you can move in today. Otherwise it's available until the next best person comes along with funds. So we don't play that BS mm -hmm. with people. It's first month's rent and deposit uh, at the time that you sign will prorate and that's it, period. So we make them do that. And then we have a lease that we use that's very simple. And it just, it, it lays out um, some simple things. How long is the term? Uh, what's gonna be the rate? And uh, where and how they pay, right? And then of course, there's lots of other things in there about their liability and our liability and our agreement and you know um, arbitration, so on and so forth. Those are gonna be standard amongst all leases. Um, some pro tips, you know, in your, in your lease, Make it very clear that um, windows, while the property is being controlled by the tenant, the windows are, are basically their responsibility. So if somebody comes by and throws a brick through that window and it's not the tenant that broke it, it's their responsibility, okay? Because what can happen is tenants can break windows in spite sometimes. So that stuff needs to be included in the lease. So windows definitely, and also maintenance calls. If the maintenance calls you know, have a minimum uh, sometimes of a, of fifty dollar charges or thirty dollar charges to prevent them from calling you out when you know it's something that's stupid and minor, you know they're gonna have to pay light for it. Bulbs a light bulb, and, that's yeah. fine. We'll come out, but we're gonna charge you thirty bucks. We'll pay for anything that's broken or needs repaired while we're there and fix those items. But we're gonna charge you to come out. And we make that very clear. So those things will be um, will be in the uh, in the lease, and every person can have a different lease. Um, but we'll probably provide one, I would imagine, with the book. Yeah, we you know, can, a, we can an example on one, something sure. like that. We'll put it in the course mm -hmm. that we're going to be putting together, which will be a companion course to uh, to a book that we're writing on this topic, guys. Yeah. So yeah, we'll this is a podcast, on. and you remind myself, but yeah. Yeah, we're doing a podcast, Dave. <laughs> You're good, man. That's right. Uh, yeah, so anyways, we can, uh, we'll put that in the show notes. We can include a link. We, uh, I think right now, though, with our property manager, uh, we've migrated just to like the board standard contract standard lease agreement so again there's, yeah that's and our there property well manager is doing it for us at this point and mm -hmm. we recommend if you're scaling and you're truly using burr to outsource the property management of it because burr is all about rapid growth yes yeah, so let's talk about when to do that when to get a property okay. manager it's let's a great it. great transition mm -hmm. in my opinion i would say you don't need one until you probably have 10 doors I don't think you need a property manager. I think you should try to try to run. Do it on your own. Yeah, I think so too. Ten doors it. is a great breaking point. For, and there's a reason for that. One, you're going to learn uh, <coughs> what the property manager has to deal with uh, when dealing with tenants. It's not. That's a, a great point, Mike. You, that's a lesson that you can't learn without doing it. You got to right. just do it. You, and you're you're going to get calls in the middle of the night. You're going to have to go. You know, 
do certain yeah, well, things. And, and you have to learn to be compassionate, but also objective with people. Right. Because That's a lot a of tenants point. are really, I mean, they're professional tenants, essentially. Some tenants can be professional that, tenants. That uh, know how to kind of game the system and game their landlord. So they will use that against you. I mean, again, any, any weakness in emotion. So they'll constantly have a sob story for you. I mean, a lot, you'll hear a lot of sad stories. And again, a lot of it is true and a lot of it's just life and a lot of it's BS. So you've got to kind of just say, hey, listen, I understand that, but I'm not running a charity. I mean, you don't say that, but you have to think that. This is not a charity. This is my business. This is a way that I'm trying to provide for my family. I can't afford to pay someone else's rent. And that's essentially what you're doing if they don't pay you. You're paying someone else's rent. Mm -hmm. That's not the business we're in. We don't we don't play that. We're not, yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't play that so, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the things that I really liked, I learned from my property manager a long time ago, is if they don't pay the rent, go down and file on them on the 10th. So again, they get one or two days of grace period, there's no late fees, but then go down to the courthouse and file on them for start the eviction process after 10 days. If they get the rent caught up prior to the day of the uh, scheduled hearing, you can drop the case, no harm, no foul. Um, they owe you the cost to file that and put that in the lease as well. That's something he's very big on in it makes people realize you're serious about collecting your rent. Yeah, we file it on what day? Day 10, I think. 10? Or is it 11? Day 10, 10 or 11. Or 11. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Even if they're calling us saying they're in route because they're probably lying. Well, so that's we'll, fine because, again, they could have a sob story about a blown out tire. They were on their way. Right. But, and uh, that's typically well, what happens is that's how it works. So, yeah, on the 10th or the 11th, we file it and that costs them, I think, $289. So we just call it 300 bucks and we bill it back to them. Even if they pay the rent, they'll both happily close the file, but that's their cost. And it's in the lease. It's, it's stated in there. You know, we are not uh, the type of people that we, that you, that it's okay to pay late rent to, you know, 10 days is a great, good enough grace period. We don't even start charging late fees until I believe five. So why is it so important? We don't play that shit. Why is it so important to collect your <laughs> rent though, too? You're, we're going, we're doing the Burr method. We're buying we're rehabbing, we're renting, we're refinancing. So we have notes on these properties. These aren't free. We don't. We can't give this to someone. This isn't our. Yeah, we're give. paying rent it's to the, the bank, exactly. even though they're paying rent to us as a landlord. It's it's called different things. We call it a mortgage, and they call it rent. But it's the same thing. It's it's you're you're renting time. Exactly. That's what it is. We're renting time from the bank, and and they're renting time in our place that we could have opportunity costs to do something else with. So Exactly. So so make sure you get your rent paid. Uh, I would say it's probably about 10 properties, Dave. I don't know. I mean, I think everybody's a little bit different and you yeah, have different tolerances. I think that you don't need to even really considerate or consider a, um, a property manager until you get to about 10. However, there are some people that want nothing to do with the people side of the business and that's okay. So, you know, if you try, if you try this and don't like it, you can jump into a property manager if you have the right mindset that you are going to use Burr to rapidly grow. That's That would be my two cents. If you're not, then you might want to reconsider that mindset. I personally like dealing with the property and I like the property manager to deal with the people. And the other day, my a buddy of mine asked me, you know, how do, how do, how do I do it? How am I growing this fast? And I said, I'm a property guy. My property manager is a people guy. And that's exactly how it works. Even when the property manager has maintenance requests, He's dealing with those people, but he sends it over to our team, and then we deal with the property. Mm-hmm. Love yeah, that. I like that. That's a great, a great analogy. Uh, anything else on rentals you think we should uh, cover, kind of just broadly on the rental sense? 
So, you know, we did a good job of talking about, you know, um, starting out, having the renovation complete completely, guys, mm -hmm. having it clean, getting your occupancy inspections passed if applicable in your area. Next, you want it to be friendly, right? So make sure there's like, you know, make sure the property shows well. If it needs blinds because it's blistering sun, then put some blinds up. Clean your carpets, paint your walls, make it presentable, right? Then we talked about getting an application and showing the property. There's a couple different solutions that we recommended. Uh, next will be, you know, collecting those applications and actually screening those tenants. Um, rent collection, we talked about a little con con combined with some of these previous topics. Uh, Zillow Rental Manager, Cozy.co, um, some great solutions, or just go straight to a property management software or your property manager will have their own software. Leases, um, there are state leases that you can get from your local real estate agent or local board. We'll provide a couple examples with, uh, within our course and book. Um, last but not least, you know, when to hire. You know, we think roughly around 10 properties, but again, everybody's gonna be a little different on that. They're going to um, you know, wanna grow at different paces, and that's okay, that's just our opinion. Uh, last but not least, uh, know your numbers, guys. This whole model about around the birth strategy is about know your numbers. Mike, mm -hmm. what does that even mean, know your numbers? So it means you got to know them all the way through the process. So in Know the, all of your numbers. Exactly. So again, on your buy, know that. Know the rehab numbers. That's very important. But then also know the rent numbers. So again, you should know this buying the property. You should probably already have gone back and looked or looked ahead rather at what you expect the rent to be. You also want to look forward and know how much the refinance is going to be, meaning what's your monthly payment going to be, what's your taxes and your insurance, what is that what is that cash flow going to be at the end of the day? You have to know your numbers super super important. I'm glad you brought that up and and uh, made right. a point to emphasize. And that in our next forward. chapter, we kind of skipped a little bit over the maintenance uh, we talked a little bit about management. We didn't do talk about a whole lot about maintenance because that's really going to come later. That you know, maintenance is basically you know what was what you're going to have to do to keep the property up and keep the tenant happy, and that happens later. So we're going to jump into that in our next chapter or our next podcast um, to talk a lot more about the maintenance aspect of it because we kind of talked a little bit about it in this episode. Um, but I think we did a good job of breaking yeah. down. You know, great you know, the next step of the BRRRR strategy. So again, this is our second R in our BRRRR strategy. The, the BRRRR strategy is buy, renovate, rent, which we talked about today, uh, refinance and repeat. So thanks for listening, guys. Next episode, we're going to talk more about tenants and toilets. All right, all right. Can't thanks, wait. Guys. Welcome back to season two of the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Our mission is to share with you what we have learned from our experience and the experience of others to help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate the Discount Property Investor way. Make sure you never miss an episode and download the Discount Property Investor app in Google Play or iTunes today. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. Thanks for tuning in.